Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people. Your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. Welcome to Marin Costello Radio. Friends, I am so excited to be here today. You have no idea. One of my favorite humans and new friends in the Tampa area is in the house. Lisa Gilmore is one of Southeast Florida's leading luxury residential designers known for customized one-of-a-kind interiors in large-scale homes and condos. Lisa has over a decade of experience providing luxury environments for her clients across North America. Her work and unique livable glamour style have been featured in online and print publications worldwide. Lisa is often praised for pulling people out of their comfort zone with interior design and giving her clients an experience through design that they never knew could exist. Based in St. Petersburg, Florida, Lisa Gilmore Design is backed by a team of some of the region's leading contractors, craftsmen, and artisans, as well as an international network of vendors and suppliers. Lisa holds a degree in interior design and is a member of the International Interior Design Association. Her aesthetic is influenced by her travels throughout North America, Europe, and Africa, and she stays current with interior design trends by attending conferences, trade shows, and other industry events. Oh my goodness. That's a lot. Oh my gosh. I've never had anyone read my bio out to me. (laughs) You're so cool. I love you so much. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So excited to be here and chat with you. Honestly, same. So for those who are watching, you will see how chic Lisa is. And she (laughs) just mixes print and color. And she's just such a vibe. Um, But for those who aren't, um, who aren't listening instead of watching, I will paint the picture. She's wearing a very like modern floral, bright color printed top with her bold, you know, framed glasses, a red lip. And then in the background, there's all these different shades of black and brown, different prints. Oh my gosh. You're like my literal, my literal spirit animal. I love you so much. Thank you. I sometimes, uh, have to reel my pattern back. I'm like, okay, too much, too much, but you know, I'm I'm a more is more girl. And if I could add tassels on it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Girl, same. This is why we get along. I yes. kind of, I kind of like did a little homage to you with my with my it. leopard headband. Yes, you're matching Every, my leopard drapes. Everything else is black, but that's fine. That's um, good. I love it. Um, so a question that we ask on the show to kind of give a full scope of where our interviewees uh, come from is what was little Lisa like? Oh my gosh, little Lisa <laughs> was a nerd, like a good, like a crazy nerd. So I. Um, I'm from, I was born and raised in central Florida in Lakeland, Kathleen, um, very small town. Um, my parents are, you know, great blue collar work, do the good work, be kind kind of people. I was in Girl Scouts. Uh, I grew up in a very creative family. My great grandmother was an art teacher. My mom, um, was always like making her Halloween costumes and stuff like that. And so I always knew, I would do something creative. Um, but at one point I thought, Oh, maybe be an art teacher or something like that. And then I discovered interior design when I was in high school and the rest is history. So here we are. (laughs) So did you have a course in high school? No, I didn't. I actually, um, like most kids were probably staying up later than their parents realized. And I was watching HGTV and I got hooked like at two in the morning, on Candace Olsen divine on uh, divine design back in, you know, 2002 or something like that. And, um, I was just like, wow, this is so cool. Like you can have a job doing this and get paid. Wow. This is really neat. And then like 
there was a, um, like a career representative or something that came to our school one day and interior design was one of them. And I was just like, Oh, okay. And that's how it all started. I went into design school out of high school and here we are. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Did you ever watch the show trading spaces? Yeah. I don't really remember it too much. Like it's so funny. Cause like I started out like watching all those shows, but I think being in the industry, it's like you kind of forget those things a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh wait, was it that one or that one or that one? You know, but yeah, I did watch it. Oh my gosh. So fun. So that was your first memory of design specifically and interior design. What was your first memory of entrepreneurship? Do you have a background in it? Cause if you guys don't know, like Lisa is a hugely successful and hugely like she's a force to be reckoned oh, with. You. And you're you. so such an impressive businesswoman. Where does that come from? So that's actually very new. Uh, the answer, the short answer is no, I had absolutely no business experience. I'm very stubborn and I uh, like to do things my way. And so that's really kind of how this company was born. I was, so to back it up a little bit, I was, um, born and raised in Florida. I lived in Chicago for a while. I got a job um, in 2009 in, for the design firm, which is crazy at that time. Like nobody was hiring interior designers in 2009. And I got a job at a luxury boutique design firm and I just learned so much. And I was previously married and he got a job back in Tampa with Tampa Police Department. So I had to come back to Florida and I couldn't find a job. Like I, it was 2011, like summer, fall 2011. And after being in Chicago and like, everyone here was doing like the gray, the white, the blues. And I was like, what? like, I want to do black walls and, you know, stuff like that. And so I just really couldn't find a home. And so that's how it was born. And I had no business training, no entrepreneurship training. I didn't know any entrepreneurs, honestly, aside from my bosses. And I was just like really stubborn and kind of naive. And I completely started the business. So this actually, this month is my 10 year anniversary. Wow. That's huge. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I was 25 and no idea what I was doing, which is probably a good thing because I don't know if I would do it now at 35, (laughs) knowing more. Um, and ignorance is bliss. Right. Exactly. And so I just really started my business with passion and that is what drove my business. And then as things started getting bigger and I was hiring teammates and, you know, getting bigger clients, it was like, oh, this is like a huge financial, like burden. I hate to use the word burden, but there, you know, like, and I just really kind of hit rock bottom and terms of like the financial and business ownership. And I had to get, I had to get smart. And so I did, and that was about three years ago. And I really turned my business around and now I consider myself a business owner and an entrepreneur. But, but if you would ask me that three years, ago, I'm like, oh no, I'm just a designer. You know, <laughs> I think that totally resonates with me too. I feel like I've been making jewelry since like the dinosaur ages, but, yeah. and I had my first company technically in 2008, but it wasn't until 2018 that I actually fully committed and was like, okay, let's actually maybe look at a PL now, or yeah. let's look at, let's, let's maybe look at the numbers perhaps, or like, yeah, actually exactly. get or like right. yeah, exactly. Or like, be like, talk about a PL and not just like leave it on the table, <laughs> actually look at it and try to understand what's going on with it. You know, <laughs> exactly. So you say you got your act together, but what were those steps? Cause I, I would love to, for you to give some like tactile, tangible examples of what you did, because I know mm-hmm. that there are a lot of people out there struggling with that. Um, mm-hmm. and I just, 
speaking with you off camera, I kind of know a version of what that looks like for you. And it's so fascinating. So I'd love for you to yeah. share that with us. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and it's crazy because in addition to design, like talking about this has become a passion of mine too. You know, it's like almost become its own like little offshoot of Lisa Gilmore design. Um, so to put it bluntly, I was, you know, running this business and as an interior designer, we're responsible for a lot of things, you know, like we deal with the construction, we deal with the client, we deal with the purchasing, we, you know, do all the procurement for the product and the wallpaper and the light fixtures and picking the door hinges. Like it's a lot that happens and it's a big undertaking. And so with that comes a lot of money too, you know, and I basically have like this one bank account, but I didn't know, like, I didn't really know what my margins were. I didn't know like how much for taxes, how much am I actually getting paid? Like I, it was just a cluster, you know, like a straight cluster. And so then, um, I was in South Africa and I completely screwed up. Like I just screwed up. I was um, just getting divorced and I thought I was like this financial, oops, you okay? Everything's good. You can't hear me cough. Can you? No, I can't. No, no, no. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm like having like, I, like water going down the wrong tube. I have allergies happening. So I just had a cough attack, but I was smart enough to mute myself. So yeah, no, <laughs> Anyways, I was like, I was like, I don't want to keep talking. To <laughs> no, I can hear you. This is amazing. Continue. Yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, so I was in Africa and, um, I, like I said, I was going through this divorce. I thought I was successfully like financially independent woman, but I wasn't. And, um, it was just like the perfect storm of bad things that happened. I had, um, a client who was holding a refund on something. It was like $13,000 for like three months. They cashed that check. Um, and then another client's check bounced on a lot of products that I already ordered. I had payroll coming out, all these things. And it went from like having a bank account with like zeros and commas to like literally nothing. And I had to call my mom to borrow money to pay my rent and to get home from Africa. Like it was the ultimate rock bottom. And like, there is nothing worse than like being newly divorced and like trying to find and connect with yourself to be across the globe by yourself and being like, I'm literally stranded. Like I have like X amount of rands on me and that's it, you know? And I was just like, all right, it's time to wake up. And so my, um, good friend who I spoke to you about Vivian, she's also my business attorney and she's like gifted in finance and stuff too. And I was just like, I need help. Like I'm going to, I'm done, you know? And she's like, I've been waiting for this call. And so went over to her house and we like did the balancing and went through everything. And I was in bad shape. You know, my operating expenses were super high. I wasn't really paying myself. I was like struggling to pay payroll because I didn't know like how to project and do things, you know? And so she introduced me to this book called Profit First, um, which I think you and I have talked about. And it's just like really good for people who are like creative and especially visual that need that like, like for me, because you have seven bank accounts and like you're moving into a tax account and this and that. And I do it every week on Fridays. Um, and for me, it's like the physical act of doing it really helps me. Um, and yeah, that's really like the starting blocks of it was just like getting dirty and getting my head out of the sand. Oh my goodness. Well, you guys, you're listening to Marin Costello radio. We have the one and only Lisa Gilmore, amazing interior designer on the show. What was your first step? Like what was the next step after that call with Vivian of really making a change in your business? Um, well, crying, 
<laughs> a lot of crying. Uh, um, and then I really, um, you know, I got with my bookkeeper and we just like literally broke everything down to the amount of money we were spending on staples, quite frankly, like, like physical staples and stuff, you know? And I was just like, okay, we're wasting money. And like, I realized that like, like I said, because we are a luxury and we are dealing with a lot of money. And my team was seeing like all this money come in for these clients. And so honestly, like, and rightfully so they were kind of resenting me because they were thinking I was like sitting on this gold mine and they weren't making very much at the time. And I wasn't either though, you know? And so I really um, sat with them and was just like, this is the cost of running a business. And because we are service-based and that is primarily how we make our money is through our services and talent rendered, um, I was like, we have to bill X, Y, Z, or we're, we're not here, you know? And it was, it felt really micromanaging and it felt really uncomfortable. But once I kind of really opened up with my team uh, and was transparent about the costs associated and really it's, it's a, it's a luxury to be here, you know? Um, it really opened things up. Let's talk about building a team. <clears throat> so Let's talk about your first hire. And then I want to go through the journey from your first hire to now and what the journey of creating your now company culture was like. Yeah. So um, my first hire, I, so I had an intern. No, hold on. Let me back it up. My first hire honestly was a mistake, not on her part, on my part, you know, cause I wasn't like, I was busy and I needed help, but I didn't even know how to delegate at that time, which is not a service to anyone involved. You know what I mean? I was in business for maybe like three years or so. And I was even still working. I was teaching painting classes to pay for my student loans. And I just wasn't, and again, I was 27, you know what I mean? So like, I didn't have the acumen to have that voice yet. Like I was still becoming a woman and a designer and my own person. And, and looking back, I'm like, wow, like good on you for trying, but like, I just didn't have everything set up to be a good leader yet, you know? And so, um, she was with me for about a year or so and ended up leaving. And then my next hire was during that time too, it like crossed over and she was, um, she's now my director of procurement. And so basically what was happening was I was doing so much like ordering and invoicing and paperwork that I wasn't having time to design. So it became very clear that I needed someone to handle that stuff. And so Kristen, who's now been with me for seven years, she um, came from a background from Wall Street and she also has a fine art degree. And she just really, she was the person I needed that came in to, and was willing to learn with me, you know? And we came up with our systems and, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And like, just taking the, the, invoicing and the procurement side off of my shoulders was a huge win and allowed me to be better creative, learn how to be a leader and those things. And then Nicole, she's been with me for seven years in March. She came on shortly after as a uh, design assistant. And now she's my senior designer and she, we work hand in hand together and she's just flourished so much, you know? Um, and I have uh, Chelsea who's currently on maternity leave, which was crazy putting together my first maternity package. Um, but she is um, kind of like my project coordinator and helps a lot of things. And then I just hired a director of operations, which was huge. And that is what I'm most excited about. So she's been here, I shouldn't say most, but currently really excited about. She's been here now for about three months and um, we're really restructuring. And it took a lot for me to swallow my pride and realize that like, 
I'm a visionary and I need people to do things for me, you know? So that's where I'm at right now. I'm learning how to be an excellent visionary and delegate. <laughs> that's such um, an important word. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's really valuable, so valuable for you to know that of yourself. And I can totally say that of myself. I mean, there's so much, I mean, we have so much in common, it's stupid, but um, <laughs> how big is your team? How many members do you have in total? So it's myself and then uh, for Nicole, Kristen, Maya, and Chelsea, and then I'll be hiring in the new year. Like I'm getting a real assistant for myself because I can't even keep my calendar straight anymore. And I just, I'm really learning that like, the company suffers when I am not true to myself in what I do and don't want to do, or when I try to force myself to do things that I'm not good at, like everyone suffers. And so my goal for this year is to really hone in on my weaknesses, actually. And as uh, Sarah Blakely from Spank says, you know, quickly find your weaknesses, identify them, hire them and watch them soar. And so that's, that's my goal for 2022 is like finding my weaknesses, hiring, and then watching, watching them soar. <laughs> oh my gosh. One more time for the people in the back. This is so huge. And I love that this episode is, is going to be launching um, and, it, and that it's happening at the end of December. Cause it is like the best time that every, yeah. I mean, everyone across the board is taking inventory of their lives, their businesses, their personal lives um, at the end of the year. So the fact that you're saying this and kind of like catapulting us and launching us into the new year, because Lord knows it's almost already Christmas. Can you believe it? Oh it's my gosh. Cuckoo bananas. I can't. Um, but I love that. I love that you already have this momentum and that you're really excited about it. And I'm sure, you know, most every amazing entrepreneur that I speak to feels like they're drowning in some sort, but I feel mm -hmm. like I love that you are present and you're doing what you need to do in your company now. And you're also looking to the future to build and grow because, you know, you've learned the lesson over and over and over. And now you're like, no, I really do need this person to come in and help the company. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing too. I mean, a perfect example, like just listening to yourself and what you need, like we were, we were supposed to hang out on Sunday, you know, and yeah. it just, we were, I wanted to get a pedicure. And then like, I was having this creative moment and I was like, I really need to sit here. And so I canceled on you and I feel bad canceling, but it's one of those things that's like, Nope, I need to own this and where I'm at right now. And I need to like sit in this creativity because I, I have been struggling creatively. And I think a lot of people have been struggling in the creative space just because, you know, for so long travel was taken from us and trade shows and all these things that we're used to getting inspiration from. And so my, my inspiration well, is feeling a little dry, you know, so I'm trying to recreate that in other ways and realize that like, inspiration isn't something that just like floats around and you catch, like it's something you create. So I'm trying to like recreate that, uh, initiation, I guess, of inspiration. <laughs> I think this is a great aha moment, um, of just kind of acknowledging creatives for when you do have those creative moments, really lean into them. And for mm -hmm. those who might not be creatives, who might not, ha might have more of a business mindset or mm -hmm. who just find themselves in other parts of, you know, of a company, which are all so valuable that when someone is a creative and when they finally have that boost of energy and that boost of creativity, know that they need to lean into that. And it's not necessarily something that they can leave and then come back to, like, it might not yes. be there again. Um, I yes. think it's so important. And I actually love that you said that. And for me, it's kind of like when you go over your PL and you find something that you're like, oh, we're spending money on this and we don't need to do this. We can like X out of it. It's found money for me. When mm. people cancel on me, it's found time. Right. Yes. So yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't ever take it, uh, you know, offense to it. I'm, if anything, I'm so happy that you were leaning into your creativity for me. I'm like, oh, let me support you by like not being with you so that you can really focus on this. Yeah. Um, but again, we are, 
cut from the same cloth. So yeah, exactly. And that's something that like, you know, like you feel guilty and stuff. And that's something that I'm really trying to get better is like listening to myself and my boundaries and being okay with sometimes even just doing nothing, you know? Well, I think too, when you are running the ship, you are Mm -hmm. constantly focused on everybody else and how everybody else is doing. So when you have this moment of peace and clarity for yourself, it's so important to lean into that. It's so important to honor that. And I'm really, really proud that you did. Like, I am such a proud friend to be like, yes, girl, like do what you need to do for you. I'm like big proponent of self-care. Speaking on which, what does self-care mean to you? What is your self-care, self-love, not routine necessarily, but what does that look like for you? Yeah, that's actually something I'm really trying to lean in on too, because up until, so uh, a little personal background, um, I've been in a long distance relationship um, for three and a half years now with a guy in Canada and he lives in Vancouver, which it's like, could we literally have found like further points besides the Keys and Alaska? Like it's Florida, Vancouver, come on. Um, We met when I was on vacation four years ago. And so we've been like, killing it long distance. And then COVID was just like, it was hard. It was really hard because we would be in the habit of seeing each other like every four to six weeks. And then I would go to Canada. He would come to Florida. We would meet up in Arizona, whatever. And then like that just stopped. It just literally stopped. We went to Arizona one weekend and see in four weeks and that four weeks didn't come for almost a year, you know, and the border was closed. And I mean, it's technically still closed. Um, so that was really challenging. And so I'm, I'm explaining that because my routine and my self-care used to be really driven around trying to not allow myself to be lonely. Um, cause I was by myself and I have my pets, you know, and I'm a very, like, um, I'm a person that really thrives well around people. And I really, feel energy and like I love and it inspires me and I love to like you know meet with people but then also on the same token I it is very tiring for me too and so sometimes I go too far one way or then I'm too far of a homebody so this past year has been really leaning on on that a bit and so um excitingly he's now going to be moving here we're going to be working like immigration and all that stuff um and so that part of my life is not going to be that way. So my point is I used to like shove so much in my schedule to not feel alone or to keep going. And I would be like going to spin class, going and, you know, get my hair done, going to networking, um, hanging out with girlfriends, working on a Sunday, doing all these things. Um, and then COVID happened and it was like, again, all gone. And I was like, well, who am I beyond Lisa Gilmore design? Like, who am I, you know? And so it was really a, a struggle point for me. And so my self-care is really changing. And I'm trying to like lean into that more because I used to be very like, you know, you have to do a spin class five days a week, or you're not working out or, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, like getting movement and walking my dog for an hour is just as good as, you know, doing other things. So lately I've been really into blowouts. Uh, that's been a good thing. (laughs) Preach. I just got a confirmation for my appointment tomorrow. It is religion. It is literal church. Continue. I'm I'm a new, I'm a new blowout girl. And like, I love it because I can go and I can work if I need to, or I can just sit there in silence if I need to. And it's like, really takes 
shaves time off of your week, which I was not a believer in that at first, but now I'm like, oh, it's true. So that's been a thing that's been in my life. I do get, I think we go to the same facial place. I think we've talked about this. I get monthly facials now, which is huge. Um, and I just really try to work out in terms of like moving my body to re-energize me, not so much for how I look. Like I kind of took that the imagery out of it because that was, it was too stressful, you know? So, and just spending time with my dogs and my fella, you know? I love that so much. You guys, we have the one and only Lisa Gilmore on Rare and Costello radio right now. I want to ask you about in seeing your business, big picture, aside Mm -hmm. from Vivian, do you have any other mentors? Do you take classes? Like how do you stay fresh and, and see your business outside of outside of yourself. Yeah. So I'm super psycho when it comes to that kind of stuff, like a little bit, like too much sometimes. So I have a business life coach who, um, she's here based in Tampa. Her name's uh, Dr. Jamie Kulaga, and she's just amazing. I've been working with her now for, geez, might be close to nine years, eight or nine years. And we have a call every week, um, for an hour and we go over four segments of life. It's, um, health, finance, relationship, and business. And sometimes, you know, we're talking about business more, we're talking about health more, or sometimes it's like super short sleep because everything's feeling good and rocking and rolling. Um, but she really helps me, um, have like a true conversation helps me stay aligned with my goals. Cause we always go over goals, helps me stay accountable, but also like helps me know I'm not crazy, you know, or like when things are going wrong personally, or like I'm dealing with something like super devastating, like she, she's like, it's okay take the day off, you know, like, and she's a text away, which is really great. Um, from business side of things, like I love masterclass. Like I love watching all the masterclasses. Like I mentioned Sarah Blakely has one. Anna Wintour has a really great one. Um, like I'm, I'm all about those documentaries. Um, I love like Diana Vreeland. She was the editor of, um, Vogue, which that's her behind me in her Vogue office. Um, I'm a, immensely immensely inspired by her like she was just such a like catalyst for her time and what was going on then and like you know people were talking about baking pies and she was like why are we talking about pies when there's Russia you know like like let's talk about other things and so she really inspired me so watching like women from different times including our own is really important and I just love podcasts too you know like the boss babe podcast or like gold digger, you know, like I kind of mix and match all of them and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm all over the place. And I do love going to like conferences and like being able to like really dive in and soak it up. And that is something that I really do miss um, from COVID because, you know, we do zoom ones now, but they're not the same. And so I'm really, that's something I'm really, really, really pumped to get back to normal. Hopefully is like in-person conferences and big trade shows and like where you can be with your people and kind of like celebrate and commiserate together and feed off of that energy. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's so the social aspect is so important, especially because I know a lot of what you and I do is sit behind a computer, like so much of the coordination and of the managing of the team. And of, you know, it seems like it's a social brand because of, you know, the nature of working with clients or for me being very active, you know, both of us being so active on social media, it seems more social than it actually is. Yeah, exactly. It really is. And it's funny because I actually was just posting on social media because like I said, I've been leaning in a little bit more into like the entrepreneurship side of things and talking a lot of podcasts and stuff. And I had a photo shoot the other day and I was like, you know, a lot of people don't realize that like having a branding photo shoot is really important. 
Like, and you have to schedule that. And it sucks because I have a presentation this week that I'm trying to finish for this great client that I'm so excited about, but I had to go do that too, because if not, like that's, that's my lifeline for the future, you know? And so not pushing those things off. And like, I know a lot of designers will be like, Oh, I'm not spending the money on photography to photograph my projects. So I'm just like, what? Like, are you crazy? Like that, that is, if, if that is my biggest, anyone who's like a designer starting out, well, really any designer or anything creative that is showcasing, like my biggest, biggest advice is invest in good photography that will last you for that. That can never be taken away from you, you know, invest in good photography of what you're trying to promote and um, whether it be on social media, your website or lookbook or whatever it is. I'm also a big fan of time blocking photo shoots. For example, I, February was my last month in Los Angeles, which is crazy to think that it's already been almost a year, A year, yeah. but February was my last month. And I packed in six photo shoots, like six properly produced photos. I mean, it was the most bananas. We also relaunched right. the brand. we launched the podcast. We launched consulting. It was like a crazy. Why stop, why stop at a photo shoot? Let's, let's just start making cakes too while we're at it. <laughs> oh, and, and we're moving across the country, not just myself, yeah. but the entire company. It's fine. It's exactly. fine. I get it. Um, but that those shoots have lasted us and are are still relevant. And we still Mm -hmm. have so much content from those shoots. And I haven't like, thank goodness I did that because, you know, I was in a terrible car accident a month after a month after I got here, but those photo shoots have lasted me nearly a year. Like that is how valuable and how important creating those, those moments and those memories are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cause you can recycle them. You can use them like for just so many different things. And it really is, I can't, uh, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for that. And like also hiring good talent, like you pay for what you get at the end of the day, you know? Word. And I think that people, I think that we realize that because we offer services wherein, you know, it's a high ticket item and people Mm -hmm. get what they pay for. Right. But it's so true. It's so true. Um, I want to talk to you about systems and apps, like how tell me about the inner workings of your brand and also the inner workings of your personal life. Cause maybe there's yeah. something that you use in your personal life that really helps you flourish in both yeah. areas of life. Yeah. So, um, we're having this conversation at such an interesting time for me because I have been dealing with a lot of change and, um, this past year truly like I say ass on this, like knock me on yes. my ass. <laughs> okay. People, people ask almost every episode, like, can we curse? Like, have we met? Absolutely. Yeah, Please okay. let, let your freak flag fly. Enjoy. Okay. okay good. <laughs> so I literally just got knocked on my ass this year hard. And, you know, um, and it come, came from a, a many reasons. The main catalyst was COVID and the separation with Derek, um, which was just, immensely harder than I realized. And, um, so that was really challenging. And then I was just in such burnout because for the past 10 years, like I've just gone, gone, gone. And I always like, like I created from a scarcity mindset. Like my business was always in scarcity mindset and my, I was always struggling. I grew up in a not super wealthy family. I mean, we were fine, but we didn't have extra, and I had tons of student loan debt, which I paid off this year. I can't believe. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's so exciting. You. Yeah. That's, that's a was, huge deal. That's a, that's a lifelong was, journey. That's huge. That's huge. Over a hundred thousand dollars. And I was just 
in so much debt and like high interest rate because they were private loans. And that's just a whole nother conversation. So I was really focusing on that. And then like, you know, the past three years of rebuilding my business to be a thriving business, because that really changed. Like, I was like, I want to have 401ks for my team. I want them to be, you know, successful and happy and all these things. And so, so much changed. And so this summer, I really had a crashing point and I just burnt out. And, um, to be full disclosure, I have ADHD and I was on Adderall and I was taking it like as prescribed, but I didn't realize I was also taking it for the dopamine and I was taking it for depression and I didn't realize it. And so I was waking up at 6am and having my Nespresso and popping 10 milligrams of Adderall and like just going crazy. Um, and, and your body can only take so much of that. And so from a health perspective, like I really crashed and I wasn't eating, I was like losing all this weight. And I didn't, I didn't, you don't realize when you're in it because you're so like high level, like this. And I was so in this funk of depression and sadness because of my personal relationship and so much uncertainty with the business in terms of COVID, like interior designers were busy. We're so busy, but like, there's so much uncertainty in terms of lead times and labor shortages and prices going up. And like, just the cost to build the house has immensely gone up now. And so all this was just like weighing on me. And so, um, I have decreased taking out, I still take it, but not as much, because I just, I just really hit a, a bad wall. Sorry. I'm on a rant right now. Um, and so anyways, to advance your thing, like I'm looking for those systems for my personal life right now, because I feel like I've kind of had to like scratch everything that I was doing and realize that it actually wasn't healthy for me emotionally or physically and for my team, like they were suffering too. So, um, right now my biggest asset is my director of operations that I've hired because she's been really helping with the systems and like fine tuning those kinks that we would hit. Like we would hit a wall here and be like, okay, why are we hitting this wall? Like, nope, because we have to do X, Y, Z before we can do this. Um, so that's been a huge, uh, wake up thing. And then for me, like I, I'm a morning girl. Like I have to like get up and like, I'm not, it's funny. Cause like my boyfriend, he like gets up and drinks his coffee and watches the news or takes the dog for a walk. And I'm like, no, I need to get up. I need to have my notebook. I need to write my things. And I need to check my email and do certain things every day because then I can go do stuff. So like, I'm really realizing that like, as boring as it sounds, like even on the weekends, like I just need that time where I'm like setting up my internal database. Um, and then everything else goes really well. So right now that's what I'm dealing with. And, um, we use like Asana and things like that for like team, uh, communication and project management and stuff, but we're kind of refiguring that too. So I don't really have a good answer for you right now. Cause we're really just trying to make it better than what it is. <laughs> I love that. When you initially said a sauna, I was like, oh my God, I really want to go in a sauna, not like yeah. an app, but like a, a sauna where you can go. Oh, sweat. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, amazing yeah. team building yeah. bonding in a sauna. Like, I love this. Can, are you yeah. hiring? I'm sold. Which by the way, there is a great sauna lounge here in St. Pete. So maybe we'll have a sauna date one day. <laughs> oh, done. Done. Um, so I want to kind of call out some of the apps that we use. Cause I think it might be useful yeah. for some of our, some of our listeners. Um, personally, I use notion and it might be one that you would like for your personal life Uh because it's visual. It just houses images and information in such a different way. It's really like geared towards creative. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Uh, We use monday.com for project management and then we use Slack for communication. I feel like Monday is the equivalent of, it's the equivalent of of an Asana or um, Mm. I think there's a couple of other platforms as well. Um, However, 
it integrates properly with Shopify and all of our e-commerce platforms, oh, yeah, you have e-commerce. and direct to consumer. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. important for you. So we don't have e-commerce. So thank God. I don't know how you handle that. Like <laughs> that's a whole nother, whole it's nother a beast. Level. It's a beast. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious as to what all of the different streams of revenue in your business are, because I imagine mm-hmm. that you do a million different things within mm-hmm. your design firm. Yeah. So like I said, primarily it's, um, our service. Like, so in my mind, like, because we are a service and we, people are hiring us for our creative brain. Um, what I tell my team is like, if our business can't sustain off of our hourly hourly rate, then why are we doing this? Right. To put it simple. Um, and I used to struggle with being hourly and that stuff, but I really had to have, have a hard conversation with myself. And thanks to Dr. Jamie, um, that, you know, we are a luxury and that's okay. And there's nothing to feel guilty about that. Like we're a luxury and people choose to hire us or not to hire us. And so when I really kind of broke it down that way and I was like, wait a minute, people are hiring me and my team to basically do what they don't want to do. Cause anyone can move in their house. Anyone can buy a sofa, anyone can pick paint colors, but they don't want to do it. Like that's just simply how it is. And so when I really put my mindset to that, like we're doing what people don't want to do. I all of a sudden was like, I don't, I'm going to charge you because that's, that's what it is, you know? Um, so that's our main source. And then we do make money off of furnishings and stuff like that too. So we have a margin because we buy everything at wholesale. And so, um, we have a third party warehouse that everything is ordered. So like just to walk you through the steps. So basically like when we are working on a house, a renovation or new construction, we're like picking the tile, doing all the things. And then we're going into soft goods, which means like your, you know, area rugs and your sofas and drapery and all that stuff. And we manage all of that. And we have the drapery workrooms, the wallpaper installers, the electricians, all that stuff. And so we are billing people for our time to create it and procure it and manage it. And then we are also making a margin on the actual goods themselves. Um, and right now that's, that's pretty much it. Um, it is changing. I'm working, I am working on a product line. Super exciting. I haven't announced yes. that yet. Yeah. So that's top secret, a little snippet for your, your peeps. Um, so that's going to be launching hopefully next year. I was hoping for this year, but you know, life and I just really want it to be right. And so I'm not going to rush it. And so I do have a product line that I'm working on. And then we also um, have some pretty exciting things coming up that I can't talk about that we have some NDA signed, but uh, hopefully LGD will be uh, popping up in many places soon. So super exciting. So your streams of revenue are going to increase drastically and probably very quickly in the next year. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Let's talk about your marketing. What Mm -hmm. does that look like for you? Are you a word of mouth, mouth business? Um, is there a way for other people to find you? Have you ever put your name out there? I want to talk about how people find you. And I also want to talk about how you market your brand. So two separate marketing conversations. So when I started my company, I had absolutely zero capital. Like I, nothing. And I was just like a bad website and a business card that I made on like Vista print or something like that, you know? Um, and, uh, like I said, I was 25 and I, literally. So when I moved here to Florida, well, back to Florida, cause I, like I said, I'm from central Florida, but I moved to St. Pete, Tampa Bay area. And I didn't know anyone. And I almost became like potentially unhealthily obsessed with networking and meeting people. 
And I just, you know, at the time I was like 26 in there. And at the time I was also like very into like vintage clothes and stuff. And I had really, really bright orangey red hair, like totally opposite what it is now. Ah. I'll have to send you a picture. Like you would, you, it's funny people who meet me now, uh, cause I've been having the back to my natural hair now for a couple of years, but people who it's like BC Lisa, you know, like totally. Red, and, then, and like, I'll just show you, you're going to be like, what? That's crazy. Um, so I had this flaming orangey red hair and I would wear like vintage with lots of jewelry. And I was like, I'm still into costume jewelry and all that stuff. And so I would just go to these networking events and people were like, oh my gosh, I love your outfit. And that was just kind of my icebreaker. Like, oh, thanks. It's vintage. And then like, what are you doing? Like, I'm interior designer. Like, obviously, like, look at how you're dressed. I'm like, thanks. I love it. Da, 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 da. And I would just talk, 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 talk about interior design. And so my whole thought was, you know, I'm probably not, I might not be meeting anyone right here that might be a direct client for me one day, but I want it to be a situation where anytime anyone heard the word interior design, that Lisa Gilmore came to mind. And so that's how I networked. And that's how I talked to people and how I met people and, and it's worked. And so until a couple of years ago, I hadn't done any advertising. It's all been, and I also was like on Instagram when I'm like, Instagram wasn't even like really that cool yet. Like it was just starting out and like all my friends were like, Oh my God, like you're posting all the time. And I'm like, I know. I mean, you, you lose friends over it, you know, like they think you're being silly or crazy or anything like that. But 10 years later, here I am. Uh, so yeah, that's how it started. And then now I have a publicist that I've been working with for, she's out of LA. I've been working with her for a little over a year now. And she does all of our project placement and stuff, which I used to do. And it's very hard. Um, it's very, very hard. And it's a luxury to have an, uh, a publicist because they're expensive and they're worth their, their weight in gold. Um, so that was a huge part of it. And so a lot of like the stuff that people see that we get like press or, you know, when I'm on podcasts or different shows and things like that, it's because of her. And so that's pretty much it for marketing, like social media, um, myself and my publicist, and then our work. Like, I always just am a believer that like a picture's worth a thousand words and our work should speak for itself, you know? That's amazing. How would you describe your style? Oh gosh. Uh, I'm a chameleon. I am a chameleon. So my personal style, I am a, I will always be a mix of vintage and modern. Like always. I adore Hollywood Regency, Art Deco, mid-century modern, like all of them. I mash them together, even in spots that maybe they shouldn't be. Um, and I just love color. Like I love color. I love pattern. Um, and it's funny because it's really catching on with the business even more. Cause I used to, along with networking, I would have to explain, no, don't be afraid to use color. Don't be afraid to paint your walls pink. Don't be afraid to use black or let's put wallpaper on the ceiling. And now it's so cool because over the past two years, like I realized I'm like, I have so much more energy because I'm not advocating for that because people come to us for it now, you know, like we've made a name for that, which is really, really cool. It's amazing. My version of that is no more is more. It's okay to mix metals. You can totally wear this and this or not, you know? Yes. We're very much that way in those aesthetics. (laughs) Totally. When did you come into your own? Because we met each other not too long ago, obviously, Mm -hmm. as our companies had both in all fairness, taken off already, mm-hmm. right? It, they both had a lot of traction and we both mm-hmm. had our own styles realized and we both have our own aesthetics. And I feel like I could walk in a store and be like, oh, Lisa would wear that and vice versa. Yeah. 
when did you come into your own? When, when did you come into this, like this holistic woman that you are? Um, so I think it originally very first happened when I moved to Chicago. Um, I think, you know, I was 23. I moved to Chicago being born and raised in, in Lakeland, Kathleen. Um, it's very, it's the same, you know, and you're not going to, I mean, it's different now, but you know, 20 years ago and stuff, it was very different, very small town. And so, um, I think like I was craving such a city and like to learn and like just absorb. And so when I went there, I was just such a, like a 23 year old sponge. I was just like, Oh my gosh, show me where all the vintage stores are. And like, you know, and just learning and all this stuff. And so that was a huge, huge part of it. But then, you know, and this is nothing against, you know, my previous marriage, but I wasn't like, I didn't become truly who I am today until after that marriage. And I was young, you know, he was a lot older than me and again, nothing bad. Um, but I, I, all my friends will tell you, they're like, oh my gosh. Like, even when you look at my social media from, cause I got divorced when I was uh, 31 and 30, 30, 31, um, like you can, you can see a hard line when that change happened that I was like using more filters or and not anything's wrong with filters, but I mean, even like dampening the color filters or right. like, you know what I mean? I don't mean like aesthetic filters, filters, which is fine, whatever. Um, and so it's almost like I went through this rebellion with a divorce and like my hair got brighter and my style got wackier. And then I was like, wait, what am I anime? Like, this isn't me. Like, stop, <laughs> like let's reel it back, you know? And so, um, and then like, being just being on my own was such a huge thing and like really leaning into that and myself and then you know being with Derek now and um he just he loves every single like simplified bit of me like when I'm in my Lululemons and just chilling or if I have a turban hot pink turban on and a leopard skirt like he's like I'll carry your coat, you know, here like, for it. He's here for yeah, it all. Yeah. And so like, that's such a big thing. And not to say that like, our happiness comes from other people. I don't mean that at all, but it, I do feel like you really find yourself through who you surround yourself with. And if you feel confident with people that you're around and you have your, your squad, um, which, you know, I had, I have mine and they helped me get here. And so to me, that is the biggest thing and like how you can really identify. And then, and then just being just authenticity with yourself is like, it's so hard. It's so hard, but it's so important. And like, once you get comfortable with that authenticity, like you're unstoppable, you know? I think it has maybe less to do with the relationship itself and more surrounding yourself with people that champion you for who you are and all of the different, I mean, I like to liken myself as an onion, right? Yeah. Liken myself to an onion. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many different layers and there's so, we're all so multifaceted. So Mm -hmm. you ultimately want to be with someone who's going to champion you and support you through all of those different phases, through all the different versions of yourself. And especially, Mm -hmm. I mean, the essence of, maintaining a successful business as an entrepreneur, I believe is being malleable and changing with the time. And when there is a founder that is so connected to the business itself, oftentimes that correlates to the evolution and the ebb and flow of the founder, him or herself. Right. Mm -hmm. So speaking specifically to you and your relationship, 
you going through that transformation and that evolution personally, I'm sure had an effect on your company. Like I'm sure that there was a direct correlation. Right. And so, Oh, absolutely. Ultimately, if you are someone who is in that entrepreneurial position, you want to be with someone who's going to hold space and also support you, um, and just be a cheerleader and love you through all of those different phases. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I can agree with you more. And like, exactly to your point, like you know, our, my client base changed significantly when I went through all that financial crisis and I had to grow. And I realized now I'm like, well, duh. Like I was from a scarce, I was living in a scarcity mindset. I was so insecure about finances. I was, um, like, I thought it was something you weren't supposed to talk about, you know, like politics, religion, finances, you don't talk about it. Um, that's how I was raised. And so I, it was like, you were hiding, but once I like broke out of that mindset, I don't know if it's because like, I was like, you know what? No, I deserve a seat at this table and I'm going to talk to you about the money and this is how much it's going to cost. Like our client base, like went through the roof and our, our projects that we're doing are just things that like I dreamed of, you know? And so further than exactly what you're saying, like it's, it does transform into what is that? Uh, what is that saying? Like when it's like you, you put out what you attract or whatever. And totally. you know, and like the confidence just wasn't there that I, I I had fake confidence, you know, but like, once I really got dirty with myself, that's, that's when the business changed. It's, I think it's, it's not, you attract what you want. It's you attract what you are. Yes. Yes. That's it. Thank you. Uh Right. So, I mean, it all starts with inner work, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, as much as we don't want to hear that, but it does. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Preach. Um, so where does that, work come from? I mean, you strike me as someone, we actually haven't in our personal lives talked about spirituality and doing inner work, but what does that practice look like for you? Cause I imagine that the way that you shifted your life, both personally and professionally had to do a lot with spirituality. It did. So I was raised Methodist, um, growing up and I, I don't go to church now. Um, I, I don't not believe in it. I just, again, is like about who you surround yourself with. And I haven't really found anywhere that I want to surround myself with the people, uh, to put it lightly. (laughs) Um, so I, um, just, I, I kind of put it to like being a girl scout, like just being kind and being a good person. And my dad always said to me, like, if you're going to do it, do it right. Or don't do it at all. And that's always stuck in my head. And so I really started thinking about that for myself. I'm like, okay, Lisa, we're going to do this life. And if you're going to do it, do it right. Or don't do it at all. Like go, go work for someone else if you're not going to do it right. You know? And so I journal a lot. I'm a, I'm an avid journaler. Um, you know, I believe in, um, again, like surrounding yourself with people and eating good food and eating healthy, but also sometimes eating pizza, you know, and like that. I have also become a woman of cannabis. Um, I am like, love this here for it. Yes. I am here, here for this. For yeah. I pretty much quit drinking. Um, it just wasn't serving me. And I, I mean, I still drink. I love a margarita. I will kill some tequila with you one day. Um, but you know, wine makes me weepy and I, I'm a girl for cannabis now. And like, it helps me sleep. It helps me level up. It helps manage my ADHD. Um, and it honestly, it's, it's weird as it sounds like I was a total nerd when I was a kid and I'm very into like native American and like, uh, like I was obsessed with Dr. Quinn medicine woman when I was a kid. <laughs> like, 
full disclaimer. I love I was, it. I was, I was Dr. Quinn four years in a row for Halloween when I was a kid. Oh like, my God, I, I I'm not it. joking. I was a major, major nerd. Uh, like Derek finds out more things. He's like, wow, I would have made hard fun of you when we were your kids. I'm like, you would have, you totally would have. But anyways, I was reading this book and it was talking about like, um, you know, smoking ceremonies and like how it is such like, part of society, but it also has been like kind of shamed. And now that medical marijuana is out and like people are becoming smarter about it. And I started thinking about it that way. And I was like, you know, it really is like a ritual thing. And so for me, like when I smoke a joint at night or something, like, and I'm calming down, like I'm thinking about my day, I'm thinking about how my productivity served me. I thinking about like, okay, maybe I should have done this differently, but I'm not going to beat myself up. And it lets me soothe my mind. And then I go to sleep. And I wake up the next day and I'm refreshed. And so that's kind of my spiritual weed is my spirituality. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Nothing like a little assistance. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Just a little, little, uh, encouragement. Yeah. Um, if someone saw you or listened to you or was like quasi interested in the interior design world, mm-hmm. what, you know, based on what you know now and what you've built, what would you tell them to do? today because the industry I imagine has changed so much even over the last year is just crazy so much so much um my biggest advice would be um to definitely like people often don't do not realize how much education is needed it's not just about like picking paint colors and there's nothing wrong with you know people who are decorating and having fun on the side but if you are going to be an interior designer you need to have an education and you need to know what you're doing because people's livelihood could be on the line, uh, or not like well-being is what I mean. Um, so education is huge. Um, really just being, what's the word I want to say? Like not afraid to use your creative voice. Cause I think we get pushed into being like purchasing agents for people in their houses. Um, because it's like, Oh, you get a discount. And like, that's like my biggest pet peeve. And so anyone who's starting out or like maybe even been in it for five years and they're burnt out, like stop giving away your services, stop not charging the markup on the furniture. Like nobody goes to Nordstrom's and asks what their margin is. They don't amen. need to ask you. Amen. You know? Amen. 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 One yeah, more time for they the people in the back. Yes. They do not need to know you're running a business. And I think if I would have had that, um, strength behind me being younger to not be afraid to ask for the money or to state my worth, um, I would have probably been much success, more successful even earlier. That's so powerful. Well, somehow it's been an hour. I really what feel like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I adore you and we could chat all day long every day. And I can't I wait know. for the next time that you and I actually get together and we'll probably have yes. to carve out a full weekend to truly I know, honestly. get through everything. Let's just go to the beach. <laughs> We're going to do a staycation. All right. Yes, it's going to be, yes. a, we'll call it a retreat but I yes. love you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. This Thank was you. so much fun. And even our producer yes. was writing me on the side, like, Oh, this was such a good conversation. Like oh, I'm good. so honored to be part of this conversation. Thank you, Thank you for allowing me to celebrate you. Thank you for your time and your wisdom and just your light. You're so wonderful. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. This is great. And yeah, you're the best. 
Oh, you guys, that was just so good. A huge thank you to Lisa for coming on the show. Another big thank you to our hosts at Dash Radio and our producers at Island City Media Group. If you liked this episode, you can listen to it again and again on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please be sure to leave a review so we can continue bringing you the people and the conversations that you love. Lastly, if you want to connect with me offline, you can find me at MarinCostello.com and MarinCostello Radio on Instagram. Have a beautiful every have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you so much. <laughs> for tuning in and we will see you next week.